the Titans, the Mount Rushmore players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see Giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Hello. Um, it is cold and snowy, kind of. Today. Like, more of a hail than a snow, but it's kind of weird weather-wise in Ohio right now. I mean, I'm okay with the snow. I'm kind of excited for the snow. It's a bit early, but that's okay. Anyway, uh, let's get into it. Let's, we're just going to start right off. So, let's talk about Monday Night Football. Boy, so... Chargers still won, but they should have done better during that game. I don't know what was happening. Um, I honestly do think that this was more of a defensive battle than bad football on both sides of the ball. I thought Russell Wilson played a lot better than he had been playing in the past. Um, Justin Herbert just seemed to be struggling with the pass rush that the Broncos were bringing towards him, and apparently there was some good coverage. I did not expect the Broncos to have that coverage on the Chargers offense, even with Keenan Allen out. And I did make a mistake. I posted on Instagram that I made a mistake. I want to make sure that everyone knows this, though, just so that I'm being transparent. Always want to be transparent. I said I thought Joey Bosa was playing because he wasn't on the injury report. That was my mistake. I overlooked IR. He was not playing. But even still, I still think the Chargers defense should have had a better game against Russell Wilson. But there were some highlights. The one that was my favorite was Drew Tranquil because he played uh, for my high school. We went to the same high school. And I remember watching him play when I was in middle school and he was in high school. Super fun to watch. Super crazy. Anyway, um, there was a play where no one blocked him. He's a linebacker, and he just ran up the middle and took out Russ. It was a phenomenal play. I retweeted it. Loved to see that happen for him. I think he's probably one of the more underappreciated linebackers in the NFL, along with uh, Logan Wilson, who's with the Bengals. I just don't think either of those guys gets an, get enough credit. And it seems that Drew is starting to get some more credit on Twitter. So I'm glad to see that. I am. He, he's a cool guy. I went to school with the younger brother. His younger brother was nice. So glad to see that he's finally getting some credit because I do think that he's a really talented football player. And I've watched him play for a really long time. Um, furthermore, uh, he just seems really humble. Seems like a humble guy as well. And I like that when the talented guys are humble. That being said, game went into overtime. And I did not see that coming in this game. I really thought the Chargers were going to single-handedly take it to the Broncos' defense. 
or that the Broncos' defense was just going to cause a lot of turnovers that allowed the Chargers to control the ball for a long period of time. And it seemed like Dustin Hopkins, the kicker for the Chargers, was the MVP of this game. I don't. I think even if you're a Broncos fan, you have to admit, like, Dustin freaking Hopkins, man. Kicker, has a quad injury, goes out there, makes, I think he makes three field goals, including the uh, maybe four, but he wins the game in overtime, and this dude was hurting. It wasn't like, oh, he had a quad injury, he healed from it, he's okay. No, he was wearing a brace whenever he wasn't kicking, and every time he'd go out there, he'd kick the ball as hard as he could through the uprights, and he would just collapse every time. I don't know if any of you have ever dealt with a quad injury or something or a pulled quad or a hamstring or anything like that, but it hurts. It hurts to walk. And so the fact that he was even um, standing was amazing, let alone kicking a football with the amount of force that he had to in order to put it through the uprights at some of these distances. I think one of them was like a 40-yarder, 40-something-yarder. So short relative to the NFL, but pretty long when you have a quad injury. And final play of the game, overtime, he kicks the field goal to win the game, and he collapses. His entire team picks him up, carries him. I thought that was awesome. I love to see it. Um, I think that he should be the MVP of that game. So I'm giving it to him prime time. I don't know why the Broncos are still in prime time. I get that we can't flex them out, but we know that they're not going to be the prime time team that everyone hoped they would be. I would have much rather the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes showdown been in prime time. I think that would have been a much more entertaining game to watch on Monday night, but it's what we got. They did put on a good game, though. It was competitive. Um, no like super insane big plays that if you are someone who enjoys watching a lot of offense, probably wasn't the game for you to watch. But that being said, let's get into the drama. So some of you are here for the drama, and that's all you care about, and that's what I want to bring you. I want to talk to you about the players and what's going on with them. And eventually I would love to do that with more people so that I'm talking to other people about what's going on. I think that would be really entertaining. I think that'd be really fun. But right now it's just me talking about the drama. So it's it's kind of not really the players right now, in my opinion. I don't think the players are being that dramatic. It's the owners. Um, if you follow... If you follow um, any of the ownership scandals going on in the news, you probably know some of their names, but basically what's going on is a soap opera with the owners, and I never really paid much attention to the owners, but it's kind of entertaining right now, and I think I'm going to start. So to take us back to last week, the owner of the Washington Commanders, who has been in deep, deep, deep trouble for a while a lot of people don't like him. Washington Commanders fans don't like him. Just not a great guy all around, it, kind of, it seems. Um, just not a lot of fans in the football world. He's even being, I think he's still being looked into by the Senate, the U.S. Senate. So, yeah, that should tell you all you need to know. Not a great guy, not a fantastic guy when you've got the FBI and the U.S. Senate looking into you. Anyway, so this guy... 
he was like, if you guys take me down, talking to the other owners, if you guys take me down, I'm taking you guys all down with me. I have dirt on all of you. And he even called out one of his longtime friends, Jerry Jones, said, I've especially got dirt on him, which everyone was kind of like, yeah, probably. Yeah, I believe you. But then this ha- this there's this meeting with all the owners on Tuesday, so yesterday. And Jim Ursay, when asked about it, was like, I do think there is the possible chance that Washington Commander's owner, Dan Snyder, would be removed from ownership. And they need 24 votes. He said, I'm pretty sure we could get the votes. Like, it's a possibility. It should not be something that's overlooked that Dan Snyder gets removed from ownership of the Washington Commanders by the league's other owners. And Jim Ursay, for uh, context, is the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, who has been a subject of things in the past. It kind of, I think, a a lot of people have talked really good about him lately, so I think he's kind of made his amends where he needs to or is in the process of doing so as life goes on and fixing himself. So I hope that's what's going on because a lot of people have said some really good things about Jim Arce, and I hope those things are true. But he's the one who's coming out and saying this is possible. Dan Snyder does need to be removed. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that he will be. So then what happened was during this meeting as well, there was a vote as to whether to give Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, another contract to extend him, basically. And the owners voted on that, and 31 said, 31 of them said yes. They're like, we're fine with the way Roger Goodell's running things. Let's give him a contract, move on with our lives. One said no. And that one person was Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. So, basically, the way it seemed from what I read, his reasoning was he didn't like the way that Roger Goodell's payout was written in the contract. I I don't want to get into that. I don't know enough about that to really have an opinion on it. But what happened afterwards was Robert Kraft kind of had an altercation with Jerry Jones where Jerry Jones told Robert Kraft, and Robert Kraft is the owner of the New England Patriots, don't F with me. Like, I'll mess you up. I, I've i got <coughs> basically threatening him is the way it's kind of being spun. Um, if that's what he said, yeah, that kind of does sound like a threat. So now we have uh, not only Dan Snyder, who's saying, I have information on all of the owners. I will take every NFL owner down with me, which just seems ridiculous because a lot of the owners have changed in the past five years. Some have changed in the last two years. So it's it's kind of weird to me that he's already gathered this information on these guys, but apparently he's got, like, private investigators. One of them is, like, the Denver Broncos is owned by, like, the same family that owns Walmart. So it would be, like, having someone go in and, like, privately investigate Walmart and... Dan Snyder's like, yeah, on the wall, on Walmart, the Walmart family, yeah, uh, their stores aren't always the cleanest. 
Um, but, and they say like low prices. We considered some of their prices not so low. Um, I, I, maybe that, I don't think that's really any, I think everyone who shops at Walmart already knows that. Um, and that's not to come at Walmart, but yeah. I'm not sure Dan Snyder has stuff on all of the NFL owners. I do fully believe he has stuff on Robert Kraft, who has been hit with stuff in the past, has been hit by allegations. Jerry Jones has been hit by allegations. A bunch of the guys have been hit by allegations. A bunch of them have been have uh, paid off lawsuits, stuff like that. That I believe. There are guys out there who probably are not great people who are in charge of running NFL teams, and I fully believe that Dan Snyder could get information on them. But I don't really know how, like, shocking most of it is. Like, what Dan Snyder has done and has been accused of, he's been the worst of all of it, because, in my opinion, because Dan Snyder has done what all of the other NFL owners have done that have been accused of stuff, but he's also, like, done all of it as one person. So, like... We've got a little bit of Jerry Jones here, a little bit of Robert Kraft here. Dan Snyder's done all of it and then more. And there's just so much stuff that has come out about Dan Snyder that is just so disgusting that I don't think, like, it seems like he's trying to say, well, yeah, but he's, like, pointing the finger somewhere else. Like, yeah, I did that, but he did it too, and he did it too. And we're like, yes, but you did you did all of it. You you're the problem here and i think that's what we need to focus on get that out of there start by getting the worst of the worst out and then we can talk about okay who did this and you did this so we need to get you out of there too but it's going to be hard to get a lot of these guys who have been owners for a long time like jerry jones and robert Kraft, to get them out of uh leadership positions is going to be much more difficult i think because They've had more success. Dan Snyder really hasn't had much success as the owner of the Redskins, Commanders, Washington football team, whichever franchise he was running. Um, none of them have really been successful under his ownership. So the other owners vote him out. Then we can figure out what happens from there. That's the drama that's going on with the NFL owners. And honestly, it's more dramatic than what's going on with any of the football players right now. Um, it's kind of... Like I said, something takes away from uh, the whole turf disagreement every year. Every year there's something that comes up that's like, oh, uh, this is bigger than turf. Let's talk about this instead. We're not going to talk about all of the injuries that happened with uh, turf fields. Well, that, that seems to be this. I ever since these stories with Dan Snyder broke, I haven't really seen much information about turf fields. So we'll see if something happens where another player brings it up. Odell Beckham Jr. has kind of been the uh, the bulldozer on that story. He, he's the one who keeps bringing it up, and I think that's because he's been hurt by it so much. Primarily, most recently, I don't know about primarily, but most recently in the Super Bowl uh, when he was playing and was injured due to the turf fields anyway that's enough of that let's move on to news there isn't really a lot of news other than that deshaun jackson was signed by the baltimore ravens and 
They worked out Tavon Austin as well, who I, I didn't realize Tavon Austin was still in the NFL, but apparently he is. He worked out, got signed. Deshaun Jackson has kind of been a journeyman wide receiver. Um, he was on the Rams for a hot second last season. Then they got Odell. He He's kind of been all over. He's been with the Raiders. Uh, definitely a guy. I, he's Yeah, I don't expect him to do much. Just going to be honest. He's a, he was a star. He was a good player in his heyday. Now he's just kind of going team to team. Anyway, let's let's move on to who everyone really wants to talk about. The guy, the man, the myth, the legend. Bailey Zappi. Will he be the next Tom Brady? And here's why he might be the next Tom Brady. Here's what we've got going on with our storyline. So, for those of you who are familiar, and we talked about this on Monday... But for those of you who are familiar with Tom Brady's legacy, he started bottom of the barrel in New England. There was this young gun, Drew Bledsoe, who came in and everyone was like, oh, yes, New England's finally got a franchise guy. He's a star player, phenomenal player. This is our guy. It's going to be fantastic. And Drew Bledsoe comes in, has a couple great seasons, gets injured. Then this guy named Tom Brady, he comes in and replaces him. Tom Brady plays phenomenal, and we know what happened with Tom Brady. How he kind of, he becomes the franchise guy. New England loves him. Wins wins a couple Super Bowls, man. Uh, anyway, he might be the goat or whatever you want to call him. But yeah, Tom Brady comes in, phenomenal football player. Goes to New England, goes to Tampa Bay. New England forgets about him, and New England's like, okay, like we had Tom Brady, we don't have Tom Brady anymore. But we got to replace Tom Brady because we're used to winning. We like winning. We don't want to lose that. Well, out of Alabama, there's this quarterback named Mac Jones. And Mac Jones comes in, has a great rookie year. Uh, probably would have won rookie of the year except one phenomenal wide receiver named Jamar Chase got in the way of that. But Mac Jones, everyone's like, yeah, okay, we didn't even have a bad no bad season. We went playoff to playoff. Mac Jones got us to the playoffs. Yes, we lost to the Bills in the first round. But, hey, we made it with a rookie quarterback. Build a team around this guy. We're, we're a dynasty. No one's taking us out. And what happened? Then Mac Jones gets hurt. So Mac Jones gets hurt this season. And it's ankle injury. It looks bad. And we're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, well, we got Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer is a veteran backup he's he knows what he's doing we're gonna be fine brian hoyer will play for however many games mac jones is out we'll probably win some we'll lose some we're gonna do fantastic no problems it's all gonna be okay well then brian hoyer gets hurt one of the first plays of the game and this like doppelganger of mac jones when when i first saw bailey zappy I thought that it was Mac Jones. I was very confused because it looked like Mac Jones in a hel- in the helmet. And Bailey Zappi came out onto the field, and he's playing, and he's playing fairly well. They're mainly running the ball because he's not familiar with the playbook, and he ends up beating, I, I think it was, yeah, they end up beating the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, which the Packers haven't been phenomenal, but hey, you beat Aaron Rodgers. That's a W. And then goes and plays the worst defense in the NFL, shuts him out, shuts out the Lions. And then 
we get to Cleveland and we're like, okay, now he's got an actual challenge. We got Miles Garrett on the other side. Um, Brown's defense has definitely shown they can uh, ruin some people's lives. You got you got a good, pretty decent secondary, pretty good secondary with uh, Denzel Ward back there, and so we're, it's like, okay, Bailey Zappi now finally has a problem. He's gonna have to play well. Dude has the best best game uh, yet. He threw for like three hundred some yards. Dude was a tank. Dude did not stop Bailey Zappi. It was like, oh my gosh, is are we repeating history here? Is Bailey Zappi going to take over for Mac Jones? Mac Jones is just going to have his little bit of uh, glory, and then he's going to get sent somewhere else? Is that what's going to happen here? So the Patriots' schedule is Bailey Zappi has not lost yet in any of the games he's played. He has finished out. Oh, I take that back. Oh, they lost. They lost to the Packers. I was wrong. I was. They lost in overtime. I forgot about that. Okay. Okay. So he didn't start against the Packers, um, but he did replace Brian Hoyer in that game. So I was wrong. He did not take the W. He did not beat Aaron Rodgers. So I take that back. I am so sorry, Green Bay fans. Anyway, I. I misremembered. Anyway, beat the Lions, started in that game, beat the Browns, and he started in that game. He will probably start on Monday Night Football against the Chicago Bears, whose defense is like, eh. And then the Jets, who have been on a hot streak lately. Zach uh, Wilson's undefeated. I don't know if you realize that, but he hasn't lost yet. Uh, their only loss came under Joe, Their only losses came under Joe Flacco. So, uh, yeah, divisional rival there. Then they play the Colts, who uh, they had that Peyton Manning-Tom Brady rivalry back years yonder. Now both teams are kind of rebuilding, trying to – both are trying to figure out who their quarterback is. Then they play the Jets again, another divisional rivalry. So, well, we'll just start with the first three games there. If Bailey Zappi is able to come in to New York – and beat the New York Jets, and beat the New York Jets um, in New England, and beat the Colts and get three more wins, that sets the Patriots up pretty well considering they're right now at the bottom of the AFC East. They, they've they got to win these games because the Jets are 4-2, and two, Dolphins are 3-3, three and three, Patriots are 3-3. Three and three. Um, Bills, 5-1. and one. They're probably going to win. I think everyone has them winning the division pretty handedly. But... With Tua being out right now, the Patriots have an opportunity to get at least to third, and especially with them playing the Jets in the two of their or next four games, they do have an opportunity to get second place here. They could win just in divisional rankings. And so Bailey Zappi needs to play his heart out, and if Mac Jones isn't back, maybe then uh, we kind of see what can Bailey Zappi do. We start teaching him more of these more complicated plays. And maybe we look at, like, hey, Bailey Zappi's the one who got us here. And if, as long as he, if he starts showing issues, kind of like Cooper Rush did against the Eagles, where he's just, like, making poor decisions, and um, it starts becoming very clear that he's not prepared 
to be the starter for the New England Patriots, then yes, you take Mac Jones out. But at this point, um, I think Bailey Zappi is kind of becoming must-watch television because a lot of people are saying, who are who is this guy that uh, was drafted in the fourth round of the 2020? No one was talking about him. He was he wasn't a uh, big deal. I think he was the fourth round. He might have been a different round. Uh, they all kind of run together in my head. But like, who is this guy? Who is this mystery man? So, if he continues to win, if he continues to play well, uh, it'd be what's going to be really interesting is if Mac Jones isn't ready on December 1st. Because that's when they play the Bills in primetime. So, can Mac Jones, or not Mac Jones, can Bailey Zappi win a primetime game against the Josh Allen and the Bills, who just beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? So they're a phenomenal team. Everyone knows they're a phenomenal team. But how does Bailey Zappi hold up to, when healthy, possibly a top 20 defense in NFL history? Easily the best defense in the NFL when healthy right now. And we'll, we'll have to see how that, how that game plays out. That's going to be a very interesting game if Bailey Zappi plays. And I think if Bailey Zappi wins that game, that first Bills game, you, you run with him because you don't – if he doesn't give you a reason to take him out at this point and Mac isn't 100% ready to go, you keep you keep him in because Mac wasn't playing that well to begin with. And I'm kind of like this season, and I haven't really ever been on the Mac Jones train. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a nice guy. But I never really saw the hype with Mac Jones. I never thought we were going to look back at the 2021 NFL draft and say, yeah, Mac Jones is the best quarterback. I thought it was going to be either Trevor or Zach. And everyone thought it was going to be Trevor. And then they started questioning it. And they're like, oh, maybe Mac Jones is the Cinderella story here. I think if there's a Cinderella story, it's going to be uh, Zach Wilson. Because a lot of people doubted him. Maybe there won't be a single good quarterback out of the 2021 draft. That is entirely possible as well. We'll have to see as time plays out. But in my opinion... Bailey Zappi doesn't give you a reason to uh, take him out. If he's still making good decisions, if he is still maintaining this uh, stat line of, uh, let's see, what's he at now? Right now he's at four touchdowns, one interception across the three games that he started, and the one interception was against the uh, Detroit Lions. He has a 111.4 rating currently. I think I think you got to keep him in. I think you've got to make sure that Bailey Zappi is fed well. Make sure that he feels like he is wanted. But you also have to maybe look at Mac Jones. And there are reports from Albert Breer that Mac Jones's uh, relationship with the New England Patriots has gone kind of sideways. So maybe Mac Jones and New England Patriots aren't on the same page. So maybe they end up trading him and i know new england patriots fans are going to hate hearing that but uh this maybe this could be history repeating itself here and i'm not saying bailey zappy's gonna go on to win seven super bowls that's not what i'm saying but the idea of we thought we had our guy and then this other guy came in as a backup that's the story here that is the possibility that we're looking at could new england have gotten it wrong again and suddenly there's this new guy in town who is, no one expected to play well 
plays well and ends up taking the job. But that's that's the story. That's the drama. This was a very soap opera-like episode. We have uh, rich people yelling at each other, and we have people who we didn't expect to come up. And like I said, these are the people we didn't expect to come and take over. That's what I say in the intro. So uh, that's all I've got to say. No buts about it. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, I would appreciate it and be most grateful if you could share the show with your friends, with your family, and those who you care about. It would also be helpful to me, if you want to help me, if you followed me on Instagram at nobuts underscore show or followed my Twitter, Josh underscore butts underscore 2001. Yes, I made it when I was in middle school. Don't judge. And it would also be helpful if you have stuff you want me to talk about. If you have questions, you can uh, private message me on either of those apps. Or you can just shoot us an email at bullmoosepodcast2 at gmail.com. That is B-U-L-L-M-O-O-S-E podcast, the number two, at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it, share, subscribe, do all those things. And I'll see you for the next episode. Uh, Until then, have a great time, have a great life, and go do something nice for someone.